And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry. And we're so grateful that you're part of our program today, as we're going to be talking about prophetic riddles. So stay tuned to today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your great word that lights our paths and gives us direction and tells us uh, what our purpose in life is to to serve you, but to fellowship with you forever, Lord. We long for that day, and we thank you for all those who are tuned in. We pray that they all each have special needs that uh, they want to lift before you, and we pray you'll hear our call, Lord, and our cry for help in this dark world in your protection and safety. But uh, Lord, now as we dive into your word, uh, light our paths so that we may know you as Savior better. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic is prophetic riddle. We want to encourage those of you that are part of the program to get your Bibles ready and uh, get ready to start this wonderful program with us. But before we do so, I want to welcome my co-host to our program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Oh, brother, good to always be on with you and uh, sharing God's word and going through Ezekiel. Uh, can be a very confusing book at times, but uh, the the Lord has given it to us to show us these amazing prophecies that are supposed to be fulfilled. And so I'm excited, and I hope everybody else is excited as we've been going through the book of Ezekiel. Cool, very exciting. Again, if you're new to our program, we want to share some information with you so that you can take advantage of our resources and also uh, get a hold of us. Nathan, for someone who's new, maybe you can share with them how they can get a hold of us and the resources that we provide. Well, sure. Uh, if you're new to Lamb and Lion Ministries, we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of ways, primarily through our television program, which is called Christ in Prophecy, which airs on all the major networks and now Pray.com app. We also uh, have quite a number of articles and videos on our ChristinProphecy.org uh, website, so we ask you to come there and check it out. We have social media like Facebook groups, uh, Instagram. Twitter, Pinterest, uh, you can join us there as well if that's where you like to hang out on the internet. And uh, we just want to help you grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, help you understand the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, your Savior, to give you the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So check us out, ChristinProphecy.org. I love that. Thank you so much, Nate. Uh, again, for those of you that are part of the program, we're excited to have you uh, wherever you are listening or tuning in from. Also, feel free to reach out to us and let us know that you are uh, listening to our program and, uh, and give us some feedback. You can always text 305-992-9537 uh, and or email us or also go to the website. And Nathan, we love to hear from people, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if something about this message has touched you, then yeah, give us a call at the number Vic provided or check or contact me directly through the ChristinProphecy.org website. Uh, if uh, you need to know Jesus as your Savior, uh, you know, Vic and I would be happy to talk with you and uh, tell you what the Bible has to say and pray with you. So uh, we'd like to make this as interactive as possible. So uh, check us out. And of course, we uh, stream these on our YouTube and uh, excuse me, our Facebook, to be clarified here, our Christ and Prophecy Facebook group. And so uh, if you want to comment underneath, then I will respond to your comments, too. So, again, we want to connect with all those who are tuning in and let us know if you, you like this program. What do you like us to teach on? Uh, we'll be going through Ezekiel for a while, but you know, we always branch out to different places uh, as we go. So contact us, please. Absolutely. <laughs> Nathan, and Nathan, I 
it's uh, that's that's one thing that you and I do. We sometimes uh, uh, break out of our norm to cover something important or give a quick update or also some of the current events, the world that we live in right now uh, is a challenging one. It's exciting for the church, but there's always threats now of uh, whether it's Russia uh, and uh, the nuclear situation there, uh, upheavals, uh, uh, earthquakes, famines, uh, storms. There's so much going on that from time to time, we like to bring a little bit of an update in between our teachings here and our programs just to keep people informed. And uh, you also do that through the um, the short version of the programs, uh, uh, the prophetic perspectives. And it's a great way for people to see what's going on around the world today. Yeah, I, prophecy. I mean, there's clearly prophecies that have been fulfilled in the past, but a lot of them are about the future. Many of the ones we'll read about in Ezekiel concern the future. And so that future happens to be a lot of it today. We are living in prophecy being fulfilled in this day and age. So Yes, uh, you know, it's just not a historical view of the Bible, what we're going through when we go through Ezekiel, but how those prophecies are being played out in our day and age. For instance, uh, Ezekiel chapters 36 and 37 are completely dedicated to Israel coming back to life and becoming a nation again. That happened in May 1948, and it continues to happen. Uh, this Gog and Magog war we'll read about in Ezekiel 38 and 39. The players are all lined up for that. So that is coming around the bend, too. So, yes. It might be prophecy that was given 2,600 years ago by God to Ezekiel, but it, many of those are relevant to this day and age, and they affect our lives and how we live in this day. So very relevant. Mm, thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that. And that's why you and I have been covering Ezekiel chapter uh, 16 and on. And in our previous program, we were looking at chapter 16. Uh, today, we're going to pick it up there in, in uh, chapter 16, verses uh uh, 60 through 63. So I want to encourage those of you that are part of the program, get your Bibles and follow along with us as we continue looking at uh, Israel as a nation and also their backsliding and how God is uh, dealing with them. Uh, and uh, even today, Nathan, we see that the Jewish people, in a sense, that they're still blinded to the truth of God. But God has not cast them away. He's not through with them. God still has a plan that is in full effect for the Jewish people, but they do find themselves oftentimes rebelling against God and God having to correct them and bring them back in the right path. And that's so far what we've been reading about Ezekiel. It's gotten to the point it's about 600 BC, and for hundreds of years, the Jewish people have been rejecting the Lord and running from him. He sends prophets who call the people back and <clears throat> excuse me, many times they will return back to him, but uh, after a long period, they hadn't. And so the Lord says, okay, exile is the only way that you guys are going to give up all your false gods and your pagan religions. And so that's what he's doing right now. Ezekiel is the prophet to Judah, uh, particularly Jerusalem, is, is all that's left of Israel as a nation, and they're about to be exiled into Babylon. So these prophecies are God explaining to the Jewish people. He's saying, you know, you've acted the harlot. You've been cheating on me. We have a covenant and you keep breaking it. And so now I'm going to have to show you tough love. And that's uh, where we've been so far in chapters 15 and 16. Oh, absolutely. And Nathan, and as we pick it up there in verses 60 through 63, um, you want to do verses 60 through 61 and I'll do 62 and 63, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Yeah, sure. Uh, open up your Bibles or apps to Ezekiel 16 and we'll pick up verse 60. 
Uh, Nevertheless, I, God, will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed when you receive your older and younger sisters, for I will give them to you for daughters, but not because of my covenant with you. Verse 62, and I will establish my covenant with you. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, that you may remember and be ashamed and never open your mouth anymore because of your shame. When I provide you an atonement for all you have done, says the Lord God. And Nathan, again, we see that God is still working in these individuals. He's providing atonement. He's not through with them. But there's correction that needs to take place because of their behavior. Yeah, and we're talking about uh, three different, actually four, but three historical covenants that God's referring to. He made a covenant with Abraham. It was sealed actually in sacrificial blood that the uh, Jewish people, his descendants through his son Isaac and Jacob, would be as numerous as the sands of the sea, and they would they would be his people. So that's the Abrahamic covenant. Then there's the Palestinian or land covenant where he gave them the land of Israel from the Mediterranean past the Jordan, uh, from the Euphrates down to a uh, river, this is uh, down in Egypt. So there's this quite a lot of land that the Jewish people were promised, but they've never been able to fully take on. And it's a covenant that if they would continue to reject God, that he would take them out of the land for a while. And that's where we are with Ezekiel. He's about to take them out of the land, but the land doesn't pass on to any other group, Arabs or Syrians or what people call themselves today, Palestinians, uh, the land will always be with the Jewish people. It's, it's a promise forever. And then there's also the Davidic covenant where God promises a Messiah will come through the line of David and he will rule over the people and over the earth. And so these three covenants are what God's saying, hey, you know, I have established them. I am God. I don't break my covenant. You people might break your covenants, but I don't break my covenant. And then he's also looking at this new everlasting covenant, which he will initiate when Jesus Christ returns. When that Davidic king comes at his first coming and sacrifices himself on the cross for our sins, then the people can turn to him and in faith and repentance accept that and so be saved. So these are the covenants that the Lord has established, that they're eternal and everlasting. And uh, though the Jewish people disobeyed it for a time, the Lord, who's always faithful, sticks to his covenants and he won't break them. Nathan, what a wonderful point you just made. And one of the, the covenants that we spoke about in, in this chapter earlier on was that it was like a marriage covenant that God had with the people of Israel. And in a sense, they play the harlot or the unfaithful wife. And Hosea chapter 2, verses 19 through 20, there's a reminder there where God says, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. And God's love is poured out on these people, Nathan, to win them back because he has a plan for them. And even today, there's people that have committed some really sad acts against their wives or their spouse. And I always say that there's always room for forgiveness and there's always room to show mercy uh, because uh, we, we realize that many of us spiritually, as we spoke uh, in our last program, have committed a lot, a lot of these acts in our hearts, whether it's adultery, uh, hatred. Uh, and the, here in, uh, uh, in, in Isaiah, excuse me, in Ezekiel and in Hosea, this is what's happening with Israel as well. 
Yeah, and the Lord sees his covenants much like a, a marriage. Uh, takes the marriage covenant very seriously. A husband, a man will, Jesus said, leave his parents and be united with his wife, and the two shall become one, and they shouldn't break apart, which is him saying, okay, uh, union, uh, faithful union is always between a man and a woman, not a man and a man or a woman and a woman or three men and one woman or any of that. It's between a man and a woman. And so that precludes polyamory and it precludes homosexuality. But he also says and they shall be there's a vow, there's a covenant. So that also precludes or rejects fornication, which is sex outside of marriage. And then that shouldn't be broken. So that re rejects adultery. So all the different sins that our society glorifies in today, that God has created uh, the marriage covenant to show us that we are supposed to be faithful to our spouses. And likewise, when God sets a covenant, he makes that comparison. He, and he takes it very, very seriously. Right, most of the Proverbs you read about are about, the, you know, beware the adulterous woman and, and be faithful to your spouse. And he's very serious about that. So uh, he's taken this covenant serious. He wants to punish Israel for their sins, sure. But the purpose is to bring a remnant back to redemption so that he can continue the covenant with a faithful remnant. And that's how God's always worked throughout time. I love that, Nathan. And again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about prophetic riddles as we uh, look at the book of Ezekiel, speaking about the importance of covenant. Uh, Nathan, and again, uh, we're so thankful for uh, the marriage relationships that we have with our wonderful wives and and the goal to continue to be faithful to them. Uh, we find here that the people of Israel, they just had a a hard time obeying and God was trying to get their attention and sometimes he would do the, he would do that in some unnatural uh, methods as you and I have been teaching through Ezekiel we noticed that God asked Ezekiel to do some pretty weird things uh, to communicate what he was trying to tell them uh, uh, so we're going to notice that in chapter 17 uh, and this is hopefully uh, those that are following us won't get too much ahead of us, but will follow along with us so that they can see what God is asking Ezekiel to do and how to uh, come across the people of that time so they will understand his message. Nate, will you be able to take us through uh, there, chapter 17, verses 1 through 6, and then I'll cover verses uh, 7 through 10, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible? That's good. We better, because we've been calling this episode a prophetic riddle, and uh, so far there hasn't been a riddle. So <laughs> with verse <laughs> chapter 17, we're about to get that riddle. Okay, starting in verse one. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, pose a riddle, and speak a parable to the house of Israel, and say, Thus says the Lord God, A great eagle with large wings and long pinions, full of feathers of various colors, came to Lebanon, and took from the cedar the highest branch. He cropped off its topmost young twig and carried it to the land of trade. He set it in the city of merchants. Then he took some of the seed of the land and planted it in the fertile field. He placed it by abundant waters and set it like a willow tree. And it grew and became a spreading vine of low stature. Its branches turned towards him, but its roots were under it. So it became a vine, brought forth branches and put forth shoots. Verse 7, but there was another great eagle with large wings and many feathers. And behold, this vine bent its root towards him and stretched its branches towards him from the garden terrace where it had been planted, that he might water it. It was planted in good soil by many waters to bring forth 
branch bear fruit and became a majestic vine. S says thus, says the, the Lord God, will it thrive? Will it not pull up its roots, cut off its fruit and leave it to wither? All of its springs leaves will wither and no great power for many people. Will it be needed to pluck it up by its roots? Behold, it is planted. Will it thrive? Will it not utterly wither when, it, when the east wind touches it? It will wither in the garden terrace uh, where it grew. Nathan, you and I know that people sometimes uh, have a habit of taking scriptures out of context. And we find that as soon as people read this and they read eagle, we find their thought is America, the U.S. But you and I know that we often encourage people, hey, just read the whole text so that you can get the idea of what's going on, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and this isn't uh, easy to explain either. So uh, one of the one of the best books I ever bought back in my Bible college days was the Bible Knowledge Commentary by Walvert and Zook. And there's times where you read the Bible and you're like, what? You know, this riddle's a little confusing. And we've got these wonderful theologians who've studied the Bible and uh, can explain it. So if you want, I'm going to read a little from Wolvert and Zook to help us understand what this riddle means. Is that good with you, Vic? Sounds fantastic, Nathan. All right. Well, God told Ezekiel to set forth an allegory and tell the house of Israel a parable. Now, the Hebrew word for allegory refers to a riddle or an enigmatic saying that normally requires an explanation. So it's used of the riddle Samson posed like to the Philistines and the hard questions the Queen of Sheba had asked Solomon. Then Ezekiel was told to deliver a discourse or an extended riddle that would require an explanation. Well, the word for parable, which is normally translated proverb or a short, pithy statement, can also refer to a longer work involving extensive comparison. So Ezekiel's riddle or parable was stated in 17, 3 through 10, and he explains it later in 11 through 21. So we are going to get the answer to this riddle coming up. So... But uh, just to quickly go over what we read here, the first of two eagles with powerful wings that had long feathers, it was full of plumage of various colors, and it went to Lebanon. Now, Lebanon's a country just north of Israel. It's, it exists even today, modern-day Lebanon. Ezekiel explained later that the eagles symbolize, oh, so I'm getting ahead of myself here, but uh, verse 12 will tell us that it symbolized King Nebuchadnezzar, and Lebanon stood for Jerusalem. So I don't want to get us ahead here. We want to explain it, but... We know that that he's going to give us the parable, but then he's also going to give us the explanation in the next section, which, praise the Lord, uh, Jesus always does. He he doesn't want us to not understand. Very many times he would give parables. I've been reading in, in the Gospels how the disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And he was saying, so they would be ever seeing, but you know, never see, ever hearing, but never hear. In other words, those who are his children who are his sheep, as the Bible compares to, will hear his voice and respond to those parables. But those who reject the Lord won't understand the mysteries of God and they'll move on. And so the Lord is very specific about who he wants to hear his messages. So he gives the answers, but not, the unbelieving world will usually just not understand what it means. And, and that was his purpose. Confusing why he does that, but that is Jesus's purpose. Nathan, thank you. And you know what I love about these stories is somehow when you read a story, it almost captivates you because now you're interested. I, I, I remember uh, uh, looking at certain movies like The Lord of the Rings and you you see the first movie and, and then they, they set you up for the next movie. And, and, they, and, they, and, and I'm looking here and it's kind of cool because God told Ezekiel 
to bring these messages to stir up the people's thinking and their minds. And he will relate things kind of like what was happening during their time. And then he'll leave them like a little bit of a cliffhanger. What could this possibly be? But then he gives them the answer. And that's exactly like you mentioned in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus will oftentimes speak in parables. He will tell certain stories. He will get the people interested, but he didn't leave them hanging. Uh, as a matter of fact, here, as we notice in Ezekiel chapter 17, uh, there in verses 11 and 12, uh, uh, you know, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Say now to the rebellious house, do you not know what these things mean? Uh, tell them indeed, and like you mentioned, Nathan, the king of Babylon went to Jerusalem and took its kings and priests and led them uh, with him uh, by Babylon. So we, 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 we find there that he gives him the parable. He says this uh, uh, story. He sets it up. But then he begins to explain to them what it means. And Nathan, you and I, we've taught through the book of Daniel. And Daniel will have a dream. They will have vision. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And first he gives them the dream. But then later on, he gives them the interpretation and that's why we tell people, when you read the Bible, don't take it out of context. Read the passage, but continue to read the rest of the passage, because a lot of time you actually find the answers in there. So your mind doesn't go all over the place and you take things out of context. Absolutely. And that's the wonderful thing about even symbols. A lot of people say, well, the book of Revelation is just too hard to understand. There's so many symbols, but the symbols are often explained in the book of Revelation or they're explained in other parts of the Bible uh, so that we understand what they mean. Uh, the book of Revelation isn't impossible to understand. It's just hard to believe <laughs> for many people. But if you'll believe it, then you'll understand it. So likewise here with these parables, <clears throat> the Lord is trying to help people understand what this exile is all about. So Ezekiel explained why the eagles had gone to Lebanon. The eagle uh, clipped the top of a cedar tree and replanted a bow in the city known for trade, and this referred to Nebuchadnezzar's attack on Jerusalem in 597 BC when he reestablished his control over the city and deposed King Jehoiachin. And as Ezekiel explained, Nebuchadnezzar carried off her king, which is the top shoot of the tree, and her nobles bringing them back with him and replanted that shoot in Babylon. So this, this riddle is about Israel, particularly the city of Jerusalem, being exiled to Babylon. Nathan, and, and talking about exile, you also gave us a wonderful background there in the previous programs that, that some of this happened in different waves. Some of the captives that were taken to Babylon, uh, Daniel and his three friends uh, being part of that. And we find part of that in Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 and verse 14 regarding those captives. And in Daniel 1, Verse 1 says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasury house of his God. And verse 3 says, then king instructed Aspenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. And then verse 14 says, so he consented with them in this matter. And uh, 
excuse me, and, and then Daniel, I, I apologize, was part of those uh, that were taken captive and his friends. And, and again, we're talking about these these exiles, these individuals that were taken into captivity and in the, and in the different waves in how this took place in the time period. And as powerful as Nebuchadnezzar was, he wasn't totally heartless. He took some of the seed of the land and he planted it like a willow by the abundant water, as we read, and it sprouted and became a low spreading vine. So what Nebuchadnezzar did is he weakened Jerusalem, but he didn't totally destroy it at the time. He set up Zedekiah to be a vassal king. So Jerusalem's military might have been gone, but as long as she remained faithful to Nebuchadnezzar, her people could continue to live in peace. Well, Zedekiah was a member of the royal family. By a treaty, he was put under oath. Though Judah was brought low, weakened, and humiliated, she could survive if she kept that treaty with Nebuchadnezzar. Now, you read Daniel. For folks who don't know that Daniel was a contemporary of Ezekiel, he too had been exiled out of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar and then ended up serving Nebuchadnezzar himself, very high-level officials. So even though the Lord allowed Nebuchadnezzar to exile the southern uh, Judah, the southern kingdom, and it's particularly Jerusalem. He didn't utterly destroy it, and he didn't utterly destroy his people because, again, the Lord always wants to keep a re faithful remnant alive. He helps them through the trials so that they can go back into his blessing when they have learned their lesson. Oh, well, that is fantastic, Nathan. Thank you for sharing that. Again, for those of you that are part of the program, you tune into your Truth with Sexual Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista and Nathan Jones, as we're looking at the book of Ezekiel chapter 17. So we thank you for being part of today's program. Uh, Nathan, and this is fantastic. There's always a lesson uh, to be learned here. Sometimes people say, well, what does that have to do with me today? Those are stories for people of the past. Uh, we're living in modern days. Uh, how can that apply to me today? Well, we realize, Nathan, that there are consequences for our decisions, especially spiritual consequences when it, when it relates to God. And you can even be a Christian. And if you are not living right, if you're turning your back on God, if you're dabbling with, with the sins of the world, uh, we see that oftentimes God would allow certain things to happen to correct you. Uh, in love to bring you back. And sometimes it can be a little bit difficult for Christians to understand, Nathan, uh, when they're going through trials and difficulties, why this is happening to them. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. It depends on where we turn to. Are we turning to the Lord? Or are we turning to some other power, uh, not just directly Satan, but some earthly power and not the king of the universe, Jesus Christ? And that's where verse 15 in this this. Uh, parable, if you want to call it, a riddle comes in and says, but he rebelled against him by sending his ambassadors to Egypt that they might give him horses and many people. Will he prosper? Will he who does such things escape? Can he break a covenant and still be delivered? So what we had read here is about how Zedekiah had been set up by uh, Nebuchadnezzar to rule over Jerusalem. As long as he remained loyal to Nebuchadnezzar, things would be fine. But what did Zedekiah do? Uh, that's that other eagle came to entice the vine away from where it's planted. This new eagle, the second eagle in the riddle, is Egypt, which influenced Zedekiah to rebel against Babylon. So Judah's king violated his oath of allegiance to, again, a breaking of an oath, a covenant, to Babylon, and he joined forces with Egypt. He's sending envoys to Egypt to get horses and an army. But So when Ezekiel penned this prophecy, Zedekiah's final revolt hadn't yet happened. But assuming the book was arranged chronologically, this prophetic parable was written between, say, 592 and 591 B.C. Well, Zedekiah's final revolt against Babylon did happen 
began in 588 BC. So Ezekiel predicted Zedekiah's revolt three years before it even happened. And sure enough, it happened. And Nebuchadnezzar was, that's it. I have enough with these people rebelling. And he blinded Zedekiah after killing his children right in front of him and exiled the rest of the people out of Jerusalem. So the riddle came true, just as prophecy said. Now, the application for us today is, who do we turn to when we have trials and tribulations? Do we turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, or do we turn to fallen, weak, corrupt humanity who cannot possibly help us? Uh, the answer should be pretty clear. Mm. Nathan, what a wonderful way to uh, get us to the close of this segment of a program. Again, maybe you are out there and you're listening and, and you come to recognize that you, in a sense, have not been uh, doing what God has called you to do. We always say there's always hope if you turn to Jesus. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Hey, we want to give you an opportunity to receive the Lord. You can call on the name of the Lord from wherever you are, just sincerely ask him to forgive you for your sins, uh, to be Lord of your life. And God looks at the heart. And if you need help with that, reach out to us, 305-992-9537. We would love to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Awesome. Nathan, thank you so much for, again, uh, bringing us those wonderful scriptures uh, to bring us clarity and understanding to our passage. Amen, brother. I hope, folks, that uh, the Lord is deep in your life and you always turn to him. Awesome. And well, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Thank you for being part of the program. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week.